This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls and Barber podcast. Match reaction episode. Join us tonight, we have Barry. Uh, Iceman from a form page to this podcast, www.celticrumors.co.uk. You can also check all the links to the podcast in the description below. On the podcast nice we will talk about the second leg knockout round in the Conference League against Norwegian side Bromo Guinness. We will also look ahead to another important league game in Sunday where Celtic travelled east road to take on Hibonians. Uh, in an audio kickoff at 12 p.m. Firstly, though, Mark will have a few shout outs and bring Barry onto the show. Yeah, just a couple of quick shout outs, Paul. Tim Aloy, Glasgow Green, Dampsey Boy, the JFP, and Rich and his family. Just a quick couple of quick ones before we get out. And Bobby, see Bobby the Jabber, and the, Bobby and the Jabber of Job. Is there a double act for you, Paul? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the live chat there, so thanks for joining us again, lads. I'll go and get Barry one, Paul. So Celtic manager Ange Landa changes to his Celtic lineup for for the second leg. He tried to turn around the three one deficit from the first leg in Glasgow. The starting lineup was Hart, Ross, and Wells, O'Reilly, Roderick, Rist, Maeda, and Gia Marcus. The subs: Bain, Uluwimbi. Julian Taylor, Abada, McCarthy, Yasa, Cameron Vickers, Iase, McGregor, and Ivanovic. Celtic losing on the night 2 0 with the score, what well, I think is an embarrassing over the second legs 5 1 in Argonis. Very uh, over the two legs, like, you can kind of think that Celtic were poor over the two legs, but my main concern about this thing is could they hit the morale? Uh, in this Celtic team going forward in the league. Yeah, Barry. Oh, hey guys. Yeah. Oh, hey. Um, yeah. I'd like to think it's not. Thanks for coming on, Barry. Oh, Paul's injury in there. <laughs> that's fine, guys. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, but I'd like to think it won't. You know, uh, you're right. I, I mean, it was a disappointing. Um, you know, over the course of the two games, uh, was the, I, I don't actually think we played that badly in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that you know, I think sort of Bodo, they're kind of we're kind of aspiring to be a team exactly like that. I think that's the way that Ange wants us to play, and mm-hmm. we're just not quite at it yet. You know, I don't know how long. I, I, to be honest, I don't know too much about Bodo. Uh, I thought you know, over the two games, they thoroughly deserved their victory. Uh, they were a good side. Unfortunately, I missed the first forty. Or maybe fortunately, I missed the first forty-five minutes tonight. And didn't get in from work until the second. Actually, wasn't due to be in at all. Um, but uh, I didn't see. I saw the second half. Um, 
I'm not sure if Bodo maybe took their foot off the gas. It seems mm-hmm. like it came into the game a lot in the second half. Um, had one or two half chances. Maeda certainly had a really good opportunity to score. But, you know, over the course of the game, uh, two legs, I don't think we can argue that Bodo were by far the better team. Um, with regards to morale, you know, onwards and upwards, we, we've got a real, this is a business end of the season. We've got a really important, you know, next two or three months, some really big games coming up. And I think that was reflected in Andrew's team that, that you just ran through there. I think, to be honest, he did have one eye on Sunday. I, mm-hmm. I, I know this kind of divides opinion uh, and it maybe won't be a popular. I, I, I kind of agreed with that. I, I was quite happy to see a lot of the guys rested because, you know, this for me, this is going to be one of the you know most exciting run-ins that we've had in a long, long time. And it's hugely important that, for me, we've got all our big hitters Ready, available and fit So when I seen the team coming out I was pleasantly surprised Because I thought Ange might go with everyone And try and win the tie But for me I definitely think he had one eye on Sunday By resting as many As our sort of big big players That he did mm-hmm. Matt, just going uh, What Barry was saying there like, That this is the kind of club Maybe Ange is looking at To, uh, to what Celtic would be And that's kind of something that I was reflecting at that they promote within their use, you know, every player that they sign knows the position that they're signed for. So like, you can see right. similarities to what I just tried to do with Celtic was signing players that he knows can play those positions and we're walking through the youth system as well to try to do that. And I think I think maybe it was Terence as well, we touched on it mm-hmm. on a night Paul talking about why like they sold that Patrick Bergen that they did a lot of, I a lot of their star players last season. But although they spent no not much money, but they spent some money, a lot of their players have just came up through their youth and made the step up. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's the same again. It's the kind of plan that we want Celtic to be using. You're, so you're you're using your youth system for like the kind of bones of your team, but you're only spending money on players that are going to take you that weekend to the next level. I mean, I, I think I, I I'll admit it, but I'm totally shocked that we went out to Bodo Glimt. I really am, but. Mm-hmm. On the park, they've gave us a bit of a lesson over the last two two games, and off the park, they've maybe gave us a few things that we should be looking at as well. Barry, mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of thing about the the first leg that Ange got his team selection wrong, and we questioned the 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 thing of um, O'Reilly and and Roger that they don't really play that defensive role that we saw he asked to do. Uh, Cal McGregor do our thing. They, they don't do that, and we kind of saw that again tonight by by the two border go, goals that they're not defensive players, and it's kind of the same thing when Andrew was playing Tom Bill and Roger. The two of them did walk together, and we're kind of seeing the kind of same slarties with Andrew with O'Reilly and Roger. Yeah, I would agree with that, Paula. And listen, it's not to sort of downplay or our slag O'Reilly or Roggs. I just think especially three of O'Reilly, Rogic and um Beaton tonight, it was for me probably the least mobile midfield we could have stuck out there. And mm-hmm. when you're playing against a team like Bodo who we know are high energy, they're big, they're strong, they're physical, they move the ball really quickly, it was we were always going to be up against it. So I, I would probably be inclined to agree. I don't think O'Reilly and Rogic work in the same team. 
I don't think like going forward that'll be our strongest. I, I don't think we'll see a lot of O'Reilly and Rogic. I think we'll probably see O'Reilly or Rogic mm-hmm. in there. Uh, I think Hatate's probably because that's what I thought. Like it, I thought like it'll be that position would be between the three lads when Tomble comes back. It'll be either Roger Tomble or O'Reilly. You know that'd be the position that they're fighting for there, and then it'll be he asked it in. You know, in 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 around that the, the that group as well. You know, I I just think for me Hatate is a first pick. Mm-hmm. I I think he's earned the right uh, to, to be. You know, for, from his performances since he's come in the door, I've been outstanding. And he is a, a dynamic player. He's like McGregor. He gets about the park. You know, very quickly. He's fast. He's mobile. Whereas you know the other three are probably less so. Um, you know, but I mean, as a squad game, but I I do think going forward, I do agree with you. I don't think the the combination of Rogic and O'Reilly really work in the sense that they're not the most mobile of players. Great, great talents, they really are, and, and great players for us. But in a game like that, and you know, over the course of the last sort of 180 minutes against Bodo, I just don't feel that 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 combination worked. But like I say tonight, I don't. I, I think you know, Hatati was sitting there on the bench. I do believe that Ange did have one eye on Sunday. You know, I, I'm sure he would turn around and say that's not the case. He believes the team that he put out was good enough to win the game, was to go through. For me, that that, that that would take a lot of convincing for me because, I like I say, I do believe that Hattati would have played if, if he believed and wanted to sort of pout his strongest 11. I believe Hattati's very much in that. I believe McGregor, Yota, Juranovic, Abada, they all come into that category. So, uh, like I say, I, I believe that he is sort of focusing now and we, we can't do it. We're now out of the competition. We can focus solely on the run and the business end of the season, which is coming up now. Mm-hmm. Mark, another thing that uh, concerns me today, and I, I, I've been saying this uh, a long time in the podcast, is the, the pairing between Starfield and Welch. Uh, for me, it, it just does look comfortable. And I thought four, two of them were, were poor tonight together. I thought, Mace, I thought the four defenders were quite poor, Paul. Mm-hmm. I, th- mm-hmm. I think I actually think the best out of the four was Ralston. Mm-hmm. I know I know you like skills and I, I stick up for him. Like, but I, 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 I just had a, it's a bad yeah. game. I'm not, got, yeah, I'm, I'm not writing the lad off, do you know what no, I mean? It just had a I, bad, I, bad game. I, I know you were going to say that. And it's because Kev, Kev was trying, I think Kev was trying to do a wee yeah. bit of fishing on the live chat with yeah. you earlier the night to see if you'd take her. But I, I personally stayed off the live chat tonight, Mark, you know. But <laughs> I was knew that this issue with scale was coming up. But when you look at scales, throughout the whole game, he had to come off the left-hand side to come central all the time during that game. The reason because O'Reilly wasn't tracking back any time and Scales was constantly dragged in centre and if you look at the goals Scales was dragged in centre if you looked at any time they came down the rings Scales is watching two men he's watching O'Reilly's man he's watching his own winger you know what I mean so that's due to the fact that it's the it's, it's a midfield issue here you know what I mean that Riley or Logic can't play that role and- Beaton's you know, performance wasn't helping the situation. No, I thought Beaton was thought, very, very poor tonight. I thought, Mark, we, we saw the Beaton of old tonight. You know what I mean? Just wasn't... I, just, uh, it's, it's, again, I mean, we've said it, Paul, he has been a good, strong performance, performer for him the last few months. Sir. But I'm not writing these guys out. I'm just saying that the poor night tonight, Scales, Beaton, mm. Starfield, Welsh, wasn't it? I mean, Welsh was... 
Opie he did, he looked a Opie for long spells of the game and things like that, but I think everybody's seen it, did Ant- Antis had one game in Sunday. And also, and also like, they, they had a plan, Barry Porter had a plan. Like, they stopped Celtic playing the, the way Ange wants to play. Like, any time Joe Hart got the ball, their three midfielders, especially their number 10, their centre forward number 10, he constantly lacked, uh, marked beat on, who's supposedly supposed to be the pivot of the Celtic play, the way we play out. And every time Joe Hart had the ball, he's forced to, to play along. So, if you're blocking where you know the ball's going to go, Paul, yeah, it's forcing it. Aye, aye. You know, so they, they blocked the way Ange wanted to play. And, you know, I think we just fell apart, Mark, from the start like that. It, it, we see, didn't know we how to change. We can see it early as well, Paul. There are, I mean, we can see it early against them at Celtic Park. We can see it early against them tonight. And that's you up against it to the very... Yeah, basically. Poor goals again, though, man. I know, I, know. I mean, like, like, you look at the goals, like, they was just, I don't know, Barry, like, you, you're looking at them from a defensive view, like, you're, there's no support from anyone in that midfield for those goals, and the defence just seemed to be under attack constantly tonight, didn't they? Yeah, well, like I said, I pause. I never saw the first one. I did see the second goal. I never saw the first goal. I'll have to, I'll have to get a, a look mm-hmm. at that at some point. But I mean, I think what, what you're saying is, Bodo stopped Celtic from playing, and mm-hmm. you know what? They clearly back themselves. I had a conversation with a Celtic supporting friend of mine, and I think we struggle against Scandinavian teams because mm-hmm. when we and, and the proofs in the pudding. Look, look at the times we've went out to Scandinavian teams over the last sort of five to ten years. You know, you're looking at your your Malmo's, your Michelin's, your Copenhagen's, mm-hmm. you know, Rosenberg going further back. You know, you know what you're going to get with Scandinavian team. They're big, they're strong, they're physical, they're quick. And I just think we've come up against a team tonight. Now, like this, like kind of Mark said, it's disappointing to go out to a team like Bodo. I didn't know much about them, but you know, they're clearly no mugs. They, they beat Roma six one. I think we've just come up against a team that are similar in terms of the play, the way that kind of Ange wants to play but we're, st- we're still a work in progress under Ange and I'm sure uh, as time goes on we'll get better and we'll aspire to sort of be at, at that level in terms of the way that they can play because we've seen over the last two games in the last week against them they, this, this is not a bad side they can play the game there's but no the, doubt about it but the team that beat Roma Barry they've been dismantled that's another yeah. that's another thing uh, yeah. why I thought that we, this was going I thought we would have done enough for Celtic Park to kill this tie I knew it would be difficult away to them with the plastic pitch, the weather and things like that. It's always going to be difficult. I honestly thought that we'd have done enough last week to get by them. Just due to the fact that the turmoil that they'd been in the last... Do you get what I mean? They're losing all their star players. And, and, and you know what? I, I, get, I think, I don't, I don't know, it's probably four or five of their better players have lost. I know that. But what, what I would say is they're still playing the same system. That's it. The manager knows he's, the, the players that are coming in now. I don't know, like you'll probably know a bit better than me, Mark. I don't know who they've brought in in terms of signings. He said they spent a wee bit of money, but well, the, you know the Paul, crux of the machine have came up through there. I think Paul says he got rid of fourteen players mm-hmm. all together, and they've signed. But I can't remember what you said, Paul. Was it six? They signed about six players, and, and the rest of them just came up through their youth system, Barry. Yeah, youth system. Like, that's what they so that's what they swat, swat it right so in seamlessly. These guys, yeah. These guys so they're trained, these Barry. Do you know what I mean? These lads are trained already to get into the. It's like it's like. Uh, 
It's like Ajax, Barry, like when they sell one of their top young players, they have another young player straight away to come into that position. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's a, for me, like it's, it's a well-run club, Barry, do you know what I mean? You know? And like I say, you can pick little bits of lessons up from this. Do you know? Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that the players and even the manager himself, you know, there's no doubt about it, Andrew's his own man and he knows what he wants to do and where he wants to take this team. But, you know, when you go up against teams like Bodo and other teams that have faced in Europe, uh, I can't remember who's that we played in, uh, Copenhagen, uh, Copenhagen uh, and stuff know, like that as well. All these it. clubs, yeah, all you can play, pick up little bits, of, you know, little nuggets of information and little things that strategies and that 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 these teams play. But the, for me, like I say, we've come up against a team tonight that it was just they were just too good for us. I mean, I don't think we can deny that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know anything about them going into the game. Like probably Mark and yourself and a lot of Celtic fans, I think probably Celtic, I felt that I had enough to get through the tie, but little did I know actually much about them. But we're beaten by a better side over the 180 minutes. Do you think, Mark, just in general, like, you know, not only, like, were they a physical side tonight, like, and they, they, they can certainly play ball, but in general in Celtic, Mark, we seem to struggle against these, Physical side, though, but we're not really. It's the same as you think as well, Paul. We're losing midfield battles, and that's yeah. us. If you're losing midfield yeah. battle, Paul, you're going to struggle in games. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Just... And it, it just hasn't been. Like, Barry, you haven't been, been on the podcast since uh, the Rangers time, which, which was one of the best Celtic displays I saw on the in that first thing. But since the Aberdeen game, we've we started kind of dropping off a bit like as Mark said they're like we start to be losing these midfield battles in, in, in games recently we were not at the same tempo as we kind of were so I tried to say yeah I, I think you know I think you hit the, the nail on the head it's, it's the tempo that's affected you know when you're right when I was last on when we played the Rangers it was probably the best well not not probably without doubt the best performance of the season you know we're just at it for, for that whole first 45 minutes and like I say forget about the second 45 we'd earned the right to sort of take our foot mm-hmm. off the gas but you know I think against Aberdeen I actually thought I thought we started well up at Pataudry and we got ourselves a two goal lead but there is that wee bit of sort of lingering doubt that it's kind of set in in terms of the set piece goals that we keep on losing there's always but I mean this, that, that's, that's, that's football for, for me that, that's football we can't, I mean I was at the game on Sunday against Dundee and I thought it was quite, kind of flat performance you know we controlled the game but I, I felt like the tempo was flat I felt like the crowd were a bit flat but you know ultimately we're getting the three points and that's the difference you know we've gone to Pinecastle and we've, we've you know got over the line three points we've gone to Pataudry got mm-hmm. over the line there's again, you know, Dundee United, it wasn't a great performance, but we got over the line. And same again on Sunday, you know. And that's the sign of a good team as well, Barry, isn't it? When you can grind out results when you're not playing well. That's what wins you leagues and wins you cups in that when you, you've got a team that can... Definitely. Dundee. I mean, let's face it, I was a... Even in Dundee, I was... I don't know, I was a with on Sunday, so I, I didn't see any of the game, but we're keeping up with own phones in that. And it's a bad... It was, Two each in the row and all, but if you just draw that, especially if the Rangers draw and blah blah blah. But we can maybe with three points, you see, come the end of the season, that could be the, the vital three points for the for the championship. And they'll mind how we how poor we played in that game and things no, like that, I, isn't
it's happened a few times if you look up at Ross County you know mm-hmm. it wasn't a great performance 97th minute winner you know Picaudry the first time round I think Yota scored with about 5 to go it's, it's, you're absolutely right it's better to maybe not play as good but still manage to get a, that's <coughs> a, a, a good side it's, it's a good strong mentality it's, it's a sign that Ange keeps on going about we we'll never give up we we'll keep going to the end we don't stop you know, and you know, I listened to a couple of phone-ins with regard to the other lot against United, and they were waxing lyrical about you know United had 29 efforts at goal, all that was missing was you know the, the second goal, and they should have two penalties. I couldn't even monkeys about that. At the end of the day, a win's a win, and it's three points that that count at the end of the day. So they didn't they get it, we did, and it, you know, like I say, we're coming to the business end of the season now. There's probably going to be other struggles. Sunday's going to be a difficult match, but you know we're. All that matters is three points any time we play the game. Barry, I've, I've asked Mark, I've, I've asked Terence about this and I've asked him, and what's your opinion on Callum McGregor playing this deeper role? And like we've signed Gucci, that's a, a maybe great player for this role, who I think Ange signed for a reason. But he's not, I know he's been injured and stuff like that, but are we missing something in that midfield when McGregor is playing that defensive role? Are we lacking a player who who knows how to play that role properly? Not no? for me, Paul. Not for me. Because for me, Callum McGregor is the best pe- person to take up that role. I said that in the last podcast against Rangers. I just think when Callum McGregor plays that role, we're a better team. And I know you, you're, you're saying, you know, they've brought in Eddie Gucci. We've not seen enough of him to see. But for me, that's Callum McGregor's best position. I really believe that. I feel... When Beaton comes in there and McGregor plays a bit further forward, I feel we don't get the best out of Callum McGregor. For me, he's the guy that should control and dictate the midfield. He's the guy that we should be getting on that ball and him for him to make things happen. He's got a great passing range. He's got great vision. For me, he's the number one player in there. And when he's not in there in that role, I don't think we're as good a team. See, that's the thing, that's the thing Paul. It's like... Uh, it's like Callum McGregor we're talking about we've spoke about it about Barry's no been on that it's this deep line playmaker role there's a difference between that and like this CDM role yeah but are we are we the CDM ah well that's aye I agree with what you're saying Paul but but for your sight I don't know I'm not saying you're you don't know what you're talking about, but what you're looking at from McGregor, see like McGregor protecting the back. But I know that. he does it. And no, no, but he's that, not going. He's not going to do I, that. So I know. Aye, that's the thing. He's there to do this deep line play roles. I said, Donnie, like the pivot of the team, everything, yeah. everything is through McGregor. When Beaton comes in, he's just like your kind of it's old fashioned now to He's like your CDM, your old kind of defensive midfielder. So they're kind of two different jobs. Yeah, but, but in Angie's system, Beaton slapped him. Angie's system, like. With he's Andrew's system, like, yeah. no, definitely no. So, so like with Andrew's system, we're, we're really not playing with an out-and-out CDM role, and I just think it's lead. It's kind of is that leaving us open then in the in the midfield? Sandro went Hatati and uh, like Riley here to be coming back to cover Paul. Well, in that we, kind we, of box to box, smoke up. You know we, what I mean? We, we saw O'Reilly struggle. In that role, the last uh, couple of games. I think O'Reilly's number 10. Oh, oh that's not how he describes himself. I'll send you a link to it, Paul. He mm-hmm. describes himself doing that box to box. He doesn't, he'll be up and doing back to help me defence and that. And I yeah. think we've said McGregor's sitting there to do the like, kind of pivotal deep line playmaker role. 
And then the two others midfielders should be doing the kind of box to box job, getting up and getting down and up and down. I, mm-hmm. I think that's what Ange is looking to try and do. And I think as well, you know, with, with the style that Ange plays, we're going to have like a majority of possession, so we're going to be on the front foot so often that, you know, I, I know what you're saying, Paul, in terms of by not having someone in there, does it, does it leave us open? But, you know, we're that dominant, we're such a dominant football team that when, you know, play does break down on the few occasions that it does when we don't have the ball, it seems to be that we'll get it back very quickly. So, for me, I don't think you, you play a Callum McGregor and a, a Beaton, you know, sort of protect. And I don't think that'll ever happen under Ange. I think Ange will play with one in there. And for me, Callum McGregor's that guy. And he will go with a, a Hatate and an O'Reilly or a Hatate and a Rogic in the, the sort of forward positions. I, I don't think he'll play a protector to, to look after the back four because I think we're that dominant in games that we don't actually need one. And the reason first, fullbacks in that pole, should they not be in like, covering the defence then? Yeah, but they, their role is basically... This inverted role, Mark, is basically to when the lads, when he asks and we say, O'Reilly, our front, like these lads tuck in, like, and McGregor then pushes up more, more forward, so he's the one then to receive the ball to, to make the pass again, like, so... These basically are, are going to be our two defenders in, in the midfield. We say Radisson or Ivanovic and thing, but my my thing at the moment is like it it doesn't seem to be working as as good as it was when 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 Beeson was playing in there in games. Do you get me? You know, it just we seem to be struggling lately, like lately in the midfield is what I'm trying to. But say. You, you you know what, Paul? I think that might come down to the tempo as opposed to the personnel. Mm-hmm. Because like 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 when we spoke about the tempo that we played at when we played, but that's what I'm saying. Like in the, with, with, Celtic, with Celtic, are playing the fast tempo. It's 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 suits, I, I think, suits yeah, the players I, because we're not we're not under attack from 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 the yeah. team because we're playing so fast. But but when we're up against slow teams, Barry, and and the tempo slow, our formation doesn't go the way it it, it kind of should be. Do you know what I mean? Like the system kind of fails or something like that. You know. For me, though, so with regards to Beaton, I, I just don't think he's as, as quick thinking and as you know as forward and as aggressive as what McGregor does. You know, McGregor gets the ball, he'll move it quickly. I think Beaton, I'm not slagging the guy off, but I think he's more a reserved sort of player. I think he looks, he can control the midfield, but he does do a lot of sort of backwards and sideways passing. For me, McGregor, he's a lot more. But this is what we need I, him in there. But that's for a comparison. Beaton's merely your new Lennon type of player. McGregor's maybe merely yeah. your Paul Lambert, Barry. But Gucci you know what, Paul, is, it, would be it, different. To, is, is different to to be son like, like, like Gucci is. Oh, uh, well, we've not really seen enough. Well, but that's what I'm saying. No, like, you have. Put, I know you have like, Gucci in like, a lot. Like, but you've watched a lot. I know that. But like, what I'm trying to say is like Mark and. David Sanders. What's the name? Why have we sight? No, he's not. He's legible for. He's not legible for the the cup games. I'm saying like like why have we signed? So many players for a position that Ange doesn't play, Barry. Do you get me? Well, you know, you, you know, you know something, Paul. My well, my thought behind it is we all know the sort of the tempo and the the aggressive pace that Ange wants to play it. And as, as we've seen as the season's gone on, you know, we, we've kind of done that up to about the sixty-minute mark, and then we've tailed off. I think that the the recruitment drive 
especially in January. It was so you get guys like maybe McGregor who can go in and play that piece and things like that. So basically, when we can ring the changes come the 60-minute mark when the, the performance levels are maybe dipping slightly, these guys can come on and take that on for the last half hour. King made I that's why we've brought the recruitment. Be, when Terence was on the show with us, Mark, uh, he made a good point about the Motherwell game that the players were kind of tired in the second half and Ange brought on the subs early in the second half and the tempo kind of stayed the same. So I'm actually thinking, like, is Gucci uh, maybe the second man behind Cal McGregor? That if Cal McGregor needs to rest, honestly, Gucci comes on because he's a fast passer. Like, he do the same job as Cal McGregor. Keep the ball moving fast, Barry. Like you're saying, like you're saying, that Bisa maybe, Bisa is slower, McCarthy might be a bit slower, but maybe Ange sees that these lads and that player that he wants, and it's oh, oh, he's going to sign Gucci. How would the midfield be McGregor, Gucci, and Hattie play together, do you think? Well, I'd like to see it, Mark, because I think Gucci would be the balance. I mean, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe, just putting Hattie and Gucci doing the box. No, 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 no. Then who's McGregor going to play there? He can't do that, you see, Mark, because his lack of pace, and that was the that was the the main downfall for him it was his lack of pace. But when Joe the fella Mark what's his name the fella Dan Olvitz is this that fella uh, that's right. he said that because of the way Ange plays his lack of uh, his lack of pace wouldn't be affected because the inverted fullbacks come in Denmark you get me so they kind of cover his lack of pace I mean, he's not he's not a fast you're not going to drop McGregor for him, Paul. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, is he the the replacement for McGregor? Like, if McGregor needs rested, maybe he's the one to come in. That, I'm not convinced that the Gucci is like a slow player uh, at all. And I know it was, and I read the same report as you, Paul, that they mentioned about his lack of pace. I've seen. I've seen getting him up around the uh, box, yeah. Was it, was, it, uh, was, it, was it Ray he played? And he seemed to be able to get about the part against Alloa before his injury. He seems to be all over he's the place. He's fast, like, and he's a fast yeah, ball player, Barry. He moves the ball fast, like, you know what I mean? Paul, but I, I read the same report as you, the guy saying that he's lack of pace and this could, could prove, prove a problem, but I've not seen that so far. But I do actually agree with you. I think he could, like, compliment McGregor in terms of come in and replace him if need be. You know, if, if Carl McGregor picks up an injury, I do think a fit. Idaguchi would be his replacement over a beaton. It just mm-hmm. so happens that he's picked up that injury, you know, first or second game, <laughs> a nasty one against Alloa, and that stopped him from sort of kicking on. And Beaton's had the minutes that he's never got. But I do actually believe, I, I agree with you. I think that Idaguchi would be a like for like replacement for McGregor in that sort of central midfield role. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known a player. Well, you, we spoke to you about him. You, you said he's got to might struggle this season to get in the team, and look, he's, he seems to be getting a few minutes lately. But he seems to kind of have struggled. Uh, James Forrest, what do you think the future holds for him at Celtic at the moment, Barry? You know what? And I had a conversation actually just a, a full time, very quickly before I came on here, just with another a pal of mine. I just don't. I, he just doesn't offer anything now. Mm-hmm. I just don't see what you... I don't know what's happened to Forrest. You know, the, the Forrest that we know, 
you know, he, he was positive, he was direct, he would run at full backs, he'd go inside, he'd go outside, he'd get you the goal. I just don't see it from him at all now. He, he literally, I don't want to use the phrase, but he's a bit of a waste of a jersey just now. Mm-hmm. He's not providing any sort of positive thing to the team. And you look on the other side of Bada, look, look at Bada, he came on there. Uh, the Creating chances, crossing, was, get the ball into the box, lifting up. He had a couple of opportunities, he had a couple of efforts at goal, he was unlucky, certainly with one of them near the end there. And Forrest just kind of stood out there and, and offered next to nothing. So the way it's going, I said it on the last podcast after the Rangers game, mm-hmm. I really hoped that James, he might kick on and, and really come out his shell like, like he has in the past. The more I see him, the less likely I think it is to happen. I think he's going to struggle now. Mm-hmm. I really do. Because even, Mac, when Obada came on and he, he shifted over to the right, like, and it's just switched off, he moved off to the left, like, and he just, like, I can't remember the last time uh, I saw him. I can't like, remember the last player, time. I can't tell you the last time I gave him a pass mark in a game. You know, I really, and I think like what Barry is saying there, Mac. I I think he could be sorted at the end of the season, Mac. You know, he's a high wage player, and yeah. Oh, I don't know if he'd be sold. Maybe probably, maybe, maybe be moved on. But do you think if Hibonian came in for him, Sean Maloney, because Sean Maloney knows what he I, is, and I'm saying like, him, but yeah. Paul. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, it says really, if he was going to be getting sold at that point, it'd probably be didn't he? I don't. I don't even think any of the lower league public teams would take I up think that. I, I think that. Been in the champ- no, I agree. That chance is well gone for him. You're talking. He'd be doing, down in the championship at the, the very best. I reckon, Paul. You know, like you think of it now. Young Dembele, now Mark is. He he's face. He's he's played a cold game the other the other day. And I thought it was very impressive, and. Uh, He's 19, only the, was it yesterday? I think he was 19. Uh, I seen like, that, I seen like, and he's still to sign a new contract. Like, Barry, I'll give him game time now instead of in Forest and see what Dembele can do. And if, if he's good enough, try to get him to sign. Well, you know, something, Paul, there's a lot of guys tapping on the door now, isn't there? Because we're mm-hmm. seeing, obviously, like you say, there's, there's Dembele who's got himself back fit after some really bad injury um, in pre-season. But you've also got, like we've spoken about previously, you've got guys like Ben Doak now that are chapping on the door. You've got Owen yeah. Moffat. Interesting. Oh, him is there. He's talking to Manchester City agents. Doak. Uh, well, I know Liverpool have been linked with him heavily, mm-hmm. but, you know, th- these are guys, I think you mentioned it last time, Paul, you know, it must have been a bit disappointing for Forrest for, you know, for, for Ben Doak to yeah. come on. I think it was against Dundee United. You know, they, they took him on instead of Forrest and he looked more lively and more likely to do something. Because that's know, what I do, Barry. Like, I try to get these fans game time now and show them that next season they'll have more game team under Ange rather than trying to get a full 90 minutes out of James Forrest. You know? His chances are becoming fewer and fewer, Paul. But mm-hmm. like I say, he's getting opportunities and we were hoping that with the competition, because it's happened in the past with Forrest. You know, mm-hmm. Celtic have brought players in, uh, like Paddy Roberts back in the day, and it kind of gave Forrest a bit of a wake-up call, a bit of a shake, and, and he, he produced again. Well, this is the same sort of thing. You've got these young guys trapping on the door, guys that are coming in, they're making a positive impact, and for me, James Forrest isn't answering that. So, I'm kind of trying to agree, and unless, said, unless there's a dramatic change between now and the end of the season, I think James Forrest will struggle to get any is, sort of game time that's going is forward. It, is, is he on the wrong side or Barry to regain any of that form like 30 years of age and 
for a winger, Mark Barry, is, is that kind of too old for a winger to, to regain? I don't think it's too old, Paul, but, but we spoke about it before. It might be that the way that Ange wants to play, this mm-hmm. high tempo, high press, 100 mile an hour kind of, it might not suit for us. How his body, you know, he's had injuries in the past, and it might be that to, to play this style of football is really not suited uh, to his game. But if that's the case, then. I'm just not going to put up with it for any sort of length of time. Yeah, because that's the the, the kind of manager mark I'm, I'm kind of getting of Andrew. Like if you're not up to his system, I think you you could be moved on. I think uh, yes, he would have been moved on to January as well, Mark. If he was injured or that. No, Forrest, I've did my ranch here in the last few weeks. So I'm not one to keep getting deep in on the guy, but he just seems to have been back here. He's the forest that I slagged off four or five mm-hmm. years ago, Paul. But even even if his position in the club, why not work hard and even try and even keep it kind of claim the position, like super sub kind of position for himself. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm on the bench for this year, maybe next year. But if I come off, I'm going to make sure that I do something, either create a goal or score a goal. Or, it's just, I, I, I think his time's off itself. I don't know where he's going to go after can I, that. Can I ask? Uh, both of you question and I, I know Gia Marcus knows has done brilliantly since he thing like he, he won effortlessly and stuff like that. But I I'm looking at Mida, like are are we missing Kyogo? Do you think? I think we're missing because I just think he's an absolute superstar. Because player. I would have well, well, like, well, like, well, lines. You know, because I would have liked <laughs> to uh, I would have liked to see uh, when we signed Mieda, uh I was so looking forward to to uh, him and Kyogo to see how how fast Barry two them would play together. Do you know what I mean? Because they won tirelessly. Do you know what I mean? I, and I would like to see two of them together in, in some capacity. You know. Well, I, th- I think you know if you're if you're talking about seeing them together, so I, I don't think you'll see them through the middle. I think mm-hmm. if, if anything, you know, Kyogo will be at your your main sort of number nine, and if, if Maeda plays as well, he will be on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how you'll see them in the team together. But, you know, just because he is such a good footballer, mm-hmm. he really is, he makes a massive difference. Like you said, he's non-stop. The runs, he makes such intelligent runs. Um, I don't know, guys, I'll throw over to the period because I've never heard anything. Have got any update on Kyogo's no. situation? Well, we heard no. he's, he's two weeks behind... Tomball and Tomball is still nowhere near to be to be anywhere fit, I believe. Nip even found out. Maybe there was a kind of rumours that he was getting an operation or that. Even there's not even been any rumours whether he actually had an operation. And seems to be beat, Mark, into the personal data, don't he? Uh, I spoke about that. It's just said, why, why talk about that? Could you like your personal stuff to be spoken about in the media? And I've I'm, I'm never thought about it, but it's kind of. Yeah, do stay there, maybe it's the way you, 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 the Japanese do things. Mark, I think you're right in terms of what I said, but at the same time, we're not really, the fans are the media, we're, we're not asking, you know, how bad is the injury? What, the timeline, Barry. When's he coming back? Kind of thing. So, see, on, on my gut instinct, I think he possibly has had a surgery. I think he could be off the season, Barry. A, 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 bad, a bad hamstring injury, you're probably looking at six, six to eight weeks. 
Mm-hmm. I think we're probably at that stage now when we've not even heard that he's back in training. So it might have been that he, he has had a bit of surgery, but Celtic have kept it close to their chest. But there's no doubt about it, we do miss him. Uh, with regards to Jack and Marcus and, and Maeda, you know, they've had to step up. And I, I think they have to, to a certain extent. They've, you know, Big Jacko, uh, it was great to see him getting his hat trick at the weekend. Mm-hmm. It was, for me, he's thoroughly deserved it. He works tirelessly. And for me, he's a penalty box striker, Jacko. You know, he's got brilliant movement and, and that's what affords him the chances and you know what you're doing I say that Barry he's a kind of he's a kind of Gary Hooper Lee Griffiths type of player he'll be in and mm-hmm. sniffing out the half chances in the six yeah. yard box if he touches at the post and that he doesn't kind of open up the defence door Barry the way Kyogre would you know what I mean make that space he doesn't and he's not like to run in behind him, but yeah. you know he'll not get involved heavily in the build up but see when that ball's away he's got brilliant movement he knows where the positions to take up and like I say, he's been a bit unlucky for me. He could have had a hat trick against Rangers, and he was really unlucky. And I think he's, you know, his efforts were rewarded at the weekend there with the hat trick. I was delighted for him. I really was because of what he's been since he came back from the, the winter break and stuff like that. I think every Celtic player was willing a moon pole to get at least mm-hmm. a, at least a goal. I mean, he scored. I think he scored in the, uh, the two Scottish Cup rounds, didn't he? Take it uh, five, six goals now, Mark. Uh, but he, scored, he, he scored in the two Scottish Cup rounds, so hopefully he keeps that up for the rest of the season. But I think everybody was willing him because it was, as Barry says, the chances he missed against Rangers, it was just, it was just, it was unlucky. Isn't it? It's nine out of ten, ten times Barry a striker's putting that name in the net. And I think, I think every Celtic supporter was delighted for him the other day when he scored the hat trick. He hits the target a lot. You know, see the three yeah. Rangers? They were all on target. Like I say, two of them were decent saves. Uh, the other one got a bit lucky, McGregor. He, he made a great run, got got a contact on it, and it hit McGregor's leg and then up into his arms. But it's not like he's, he's smashing them over the bar, he's screwing them wide. He's hitting the target with, with the majority of his chances. But, you know, like like, like Mark says, the others, his, his efforts, the work rate that he puts in, the, you know, the... the the way he presses and the way he harries defenders, he deserves the goals and thankfully he got them at the weekend. That'll do his confidence a little bit good. Mm-hmm. And Barry, on a defensive issue, uh, I think it's nearly seven goals now we conceded in the last couple of games, but I think that's because all he needs is set pieces. Again, Barry was seen to be the Achilles heel of Celtic at the moment, don't they, the, the, the set pieces? I don't know what else we can say, Paul. No. <laughs> you know, we, we had this on umpteen pods last season. I, I just don't know. That's what I say, Barry. It's, I, it's, you it's know, a continual thing for years with Celtic now, isn't it? Absolutely. And we've lost four four set pieces in the last sort of couple of mm-hmm. matches. You know, two at Pitodre. There was two there again at the weekend. I, you will have com- I'm sure we'll all have conversations with people that we know I, See for me I just don't understand why you just don't go up against a man And have a sheer aggression To say I'm going to defend this You're not going to score I'm going to be winning this ball And see if every man does that You know, Surely it would, it would reap a better outcome Than what we are getting just now Because see just now I watched See the second set piece I watched mm-hmm. at the weekend I was behind that goal yeah, And I had a look to see Exactly how the team set up And they're not really interested in the man. It seems to be that, right, I, I'm defending here. This is my area to defend. Too concerned that there's not a person. Uh, in the and for Sterling says, a space has never scored a goal, Barry. I've I, I called a, a bit of grass has never scored a goal. As you say, what is the point of standing there marking a bit of ground? 
especially when we're not the biggest team either, Barry. Do you know what I mean? Like they already have advantage of a lot of teams would have advantage but, over Celtic anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's, because, diff- it's difficult, Paul, to have a conversation about it because it happens week in, week out. Yeah. We really struggle at set pieces. And like you say, we're not the biggest of the team, but at the same time you can make life difficult for players. You know, you can be aggressive, you can jostle with them, you can make it difficult, but we don't seem to do that guy. The second goal, I mean, the first one, I don't even want to speak about, you know, you've got Hattati pulling his socks up and O'Reilly with his back to the ball and the guy just sweeps in unopposed. And then the second one, the, the guy must be about six foot five. He's pretty much got a free header. Headers in mm-hmm. the bottom corner. So it's difficult to, to know what, you know, how the team or what the manager says, this is the way we're going to defend set pieces. Because... Time and time again, we're losing goals. Mm-hmm. And even the Dr. Joe Hartmark, I know he's been instrumental since he came in and put an awful lot of saves, but he, he, he needs to command, come off his no, mind. Right, yeah. He spoke up about that the other night, Paul. He needs to command his area better, especially mm-hmm. the six-yard the six box. I mean, there, Barry, when you were playing, the six-yard box, if the ball was coming in there, were you expecting a shoot for your goalkeeper? Definitely, and you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly what he needs to command his box better. You know, see, see the the amount uh, of your defence. If you've got a keeper that'll come, and he doesn't have to catch it all the time, get a fist on it. Nine out, out of ten, times he's getting a touch on it and getting it away. Or if there's a contact on him, Barry these days it's going to be a free kick on the goalkeeper's favour, isn't it? But whilst whilst the well, you start, sit back on your line. You're then inviting your defenders to drop a bit deeper than they probably should do. You know, if you've got if you've got a commanding goalie, he'll tell the defender, "No, you stay there. Anything beyond here, I'll come and sweep up." But I don't think Hart's that type of keeper. Kind of similar to Craig Gordon. He wasn't one for coming his, off his line all that much. Well, is this down to the? Stevie Woods like because we've seen last season as well like our, our keepers haven't been like the only keeper really that we said who was kind of commanding their area Barry was, was Fraser, Fraser Foster Foster yeah. would do that if yeah. there was a presence he'd come he'd take the def- the, the pressure off his defence by coming and either claiming across or punching it you know 40 yards from goal That's what, and like I said that, that, that gives the defenders a hell of a lot of confidence mm-hmm. and takes the pressure off them for me it's, it's one of the hearts probably negative sides you know there is a lot of positives to heart you know in terms of his, his distribution a lot of the time his enthusiasm you know how quick he sets up attacks but for me he definitely and like you both said he needs to command that box a hell of a lot better mm-hmm. I know we wanted like Celtic back to, to compete in every competition and, and, and stuff like that like but considering the, the, it's the conference league, like, and a lot of people said we're better off without it. Like, but I thought we would have had a good win, a good run in this in, in the conference league. But it, it, it look, it's it's better for us now, Mark, in the long run, as, as Barry said. There, concentrated league, like we more than likely we only have a few games during midweek now. Oh, she's easy to say that because I've been parked too really into it, Paul. But we all want it. I would have wanted us, Mark. I wanted. I want. I'm a Celtic fan, Mark, who wants Celtic to compete in every That's what I'm saying. I mean, as I said, Paul, when I was going on in the forum about how I thought we'd have killed this game last week, everybody was going on about it. And I said, well, a few days before that, we were talking about who we could play in the final if we had the chance to go all the way, how we'd like to play Leicester in the next round and all that stuff. So it's just, we'll be out in that, Paul, just 
never looking at it either leads me important. But obviously I'd have liked Celtic to go. I would have. I thought. I thought. far as I can on anything, Paul. I thought. I thought this would have been great for Ange Barry his first season to get a good run in the in in Europe. You know, no matter what competition it was in, in Europe, Barry, in the, it was still in, in Europe. Do you know what I mean? You know what? I'm the majority of Celtic fans thought this was a a formality as well, and I've put my hands up. I was warning them, Paul. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be controversial, guys. I couldn't give a shit about that Europa Conference. I really couldn't. And then, see, before a ball was kicked, I know this might not go down well with a lot of supporters. Mm. Before a ball was kicked against Bodo, I would have rather been out of the competition. I really would. I, I had no interest to me. I, I know people like, I know lots of supporters, uh, Europe after Christmas, this, that, and the next thing. For me, uh, it had no significance. You know, out the Champions League qualifier, out the Europa League into this conference. It's just a farce as far as I can Do you think I was glad this, to see the back of the competition. Wait, wait, do you think, like, considering how a lot of managers kind of didn't really get the conference league, like, Brendan Rodgers came out and said he didn't he didn't really know what it was about. Uh, Antonio Conte... He didn't Conte's, know his team, he yeah, know his team were in it, Paul. Yeah, he says yeah. he didn't realise Leicester had, had dropped into it. Conte uh, said he was delighted uh, Tottenham got knocked out of this. But, but, but let's be honest about Brendan Rodgers coming out and saying that. How would you have liked Ange or somebody like Neil Lennon to come out and say that? How do you think the Leicester fans feel about that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Rodgers coming out and saying that. Do you think it'd last, though, Matt? Do you think this conference league would last, though? Uh, Paul, I think it's just got veering towards this kind of restructuring of European mm-hmm. competitions. I, be, I, be, I think that's what it was. I think UEFA is trying to pump their money down. But, but a lot of the teams that UEFA, UEFA probably didn't expect to see like teams like Celtic or Leicester maybe falling into it, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this was just them trying to get off a scraps to even smaller, so-called smaller clubs in your kind of level. But I think, I mean, I can remember the UEFA Cup. The Cup Winners Cup. The UEFA Cup, the Cup Winners Cup and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's just another one of these kind of things of trying to do to restructure, to make teams, basically, open smaller clubs and smaller teams more money. Mm-hmm. Give them a wee bit of the scraps off the table off the UEFA. I think it's just going to come towards these kind of setting up the different levels of Super Leagues and that eventually, Paul. Brooke, uh, we'll move on from, from the Conference League. Of course, Celtic have another big game coming up at the weekend. Uh, an early kick-off Sunday uh, at 12 o'clock. Uh, Celtic travelled East Road to face Hibs. Uh, we have a good record against Hibs this season, Mark. And they seem to be having kind of found their feet under Sean Maloney either, I think, Mark, have they? They've found their feet. What's that? What did you say? No, I said... No, they haven't. No, I not really. No, Paul, they've been struggling. I don't mm-hmm. know really for what reason, whatever, but everybody kind of thought that Colony would have maybe got his fancy new ideas. And I think I've read some stuff in that, Paul, that it might be take a bit of time because it is either a restructuring of the full club that they're trying to do and things like that. But the way they're playing the new, I don't really see them having much Celtic. In Celtic, much trouble on Sunday. They've only won one, one three, uh, one one in the last five games. Mm-hmm. Barry, six changes to the lineup tonight. Like, can you see those six players coming in, being being taken out? The likes of Welch, Scales, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I and Forrest and all these stuff. I think you'll see everybody back in the the, 
the, the start line, I think you'll see Juranovic, Jota, McGregor, um, Hatate, all these guys will come back in. Uh, like we've said, it's a big match. Um, I think, with regards to Hibs, the fact that the Maloney's trying to get them to play football, I think that might suit them. Oh, special, but oh, social special, special won't it? Yeah. After them. Mm-hmm. Can open up the space, Barry Frost, yeah. Well, you know, something, with all due respect to Hibs, you know, to, to play the way that Maloney's got to play, you've got to have really good players. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, players who are exceptionally comfortable on the ball, you know, you know, very good with their distribution. I don't think they do have that as much mm-hmm. as they'll try to practice. So I'd like to think if, if they do try and build and play from the back, if we can get after them, they'll, 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 they'll make mistakes and we can take advantage of that. But like Mark says, we're a better team than him, so um, for me, they're, they're running, there's not going to be any easy games. I'm sure there's going to be ups and downs, but the most important thing, regardless of what happens, is we'll get the three points. My main team, Mark, for, for Sunday is the tempo. The, the tempo has to be right from the start on Sunday. You know, set the, set, set the, the pace of the game and I, I don't think kids would be able to handle it'd be like Rangers Mark they won't be able to handle no, Celtic if we have a high tempo game you know in the, in the very first whistle Paul get straight on get straight into them yeah you know don't don't, don't let them settle don't get, give them a minute in the ball things like that mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on all major all these rotation between players like, is, is that maybe affecting the tempo Barry that he keeps chopping and changing that there seems to be like Terence was saying like he has a first team of six players and he picks from those 16 players like they're going to be his top team that he doesn't really have a set 11 bar one or two bar a few players in my opinion Hart, Starfield, Vickers and McGregor the rest then seem to be changed all, all the time maybe if you think that maybe affects the tempo of the team Barry that the chopping and changing all the time come in you know, I think he's kind of mentioned that himself. But I think Andrew's kind of said it can have maybe a slight disruption. I don't. I wouldn't like to think it does. To be like, as in a massive impact. Mm-hmm. Like you say, if you've got a core of players who will play ninety-five percent of the games, bar an injury, etc., then for me, you know, these are the guys that are leaders and, and they dictate the play. So, like a Callum McGregor, he'll dictate a tempo, a pace, he'll demand players around him. For me, th- there shouldn't be too much disruption in terms of the tempo if you know one or two players take the place of uh, another couple of first-team starters. But you know, I, I think, as a both right, we need to just take the game by the scruff of the neck on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, really, really, Sorry, Barry, when you go, forget you when you're finished. Really, really try and take control of the game, take it to them, build a lead. You know, if we could get to a couple of goals... Fifty goes ahead, then you know, we really should look to kill the game, and uh, it's another massive three points on Sunday. Your first choice, eleven, the new Barry. Your first starting eleven, who's available, the new. So my, I, I would go with Hart in the goal. I'd go with Juranovic right back. Carter Vickers, Starfelt. I think I would go Taylor. Uh, I would. My midfield would be McGregor, Hatate, and O'Reilly. And mm-hmm. up front, I would play uh, Yota, Jacko, and Abada. That would be my starting eleven. Yeah, I was. I was. I agree with that. I remember going with Juranovic at left back and Ralston at right back. That's maybe the only difference I would make I would, there. I, I, would, I wouldn't be too uh, upset with that if that was the case. If you kept Ralston and took Juranovic at left back, similar to the team that played on uh, 
on Sunday there. That would be similar to that team apart from the Abad. But that would be my start now. That's what I'd be kind of... Uh, I'm the, uh, exactly, I'm in the same boat. We're missing, we're missing something definitely when Abada uh, and Yasser and playing Barry, don't we? We don't have the same impact on the rings when, when two of them are there. Like, just any, is there any 30 goals between the two of them they, they have... Yeah, so far this season, very, like you know, very, very lively, very creative. They really make things happen. And, you know, young Abada, uh, absolutely brilliant. You know the impact that he's had. I know Yota gets a lot of praise, and rightly so. He's got a sort of superstar in the making. But you know the, the contribution that Abada's made out on that right hand side, not just with his, his uh, even his thinking barriers to get into back post for the goal. Yeah, he's a constant threat. He's never one to be a sort of old fashioned. You know, hug the touchline winger. He wants to get in about where he feels he'll make an impact, and that's resulted in 14 goals. I think it's 14 goals, eight assists, 14 goals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's assists. a massive contribution for a young man. Like there's a difference, the mark between himself and Forrest. Like that, he gets in and around the box. Like he anticipates where the ball goes. Like like those goals against Rangers, and we've seen it quite often this season. That he comes in off the the last defender. Come in, uh, come in at the back post. Come in at the back post, like that. That reminds me, like I know it's the opposite side of the park, but that kind of reminds you like a, a young Brian Gibbs, didn't it? Yeah. And then when you look at Forrest Mark, like he's outside the box, he's kind of playing that role as a, a as a number ten. He's outside the box waiting for the ball, like when you wouldn't even think he's a winger. Do you know what I mean? You know, uh, it's, it's totally night and day. The performances for a bad and we spoke about it before. Paul he did have a wee lull bit of injury and his COVID issues meant to be and stuff like that. And I've even, I've no, no slagged him up, but I've said to you, and I've said on podcasts, I thought he'd, he'd quiet, a lot of quiet games as well, Paul, where everyone seemed to be good through Yota. That was keeping my bad out of the game, but every time he does get involved, things seem to happen. And mm-hmm. says, for a young lad at that age, and if look at the, the comparison between him and Forrest, I mean, it's just absolutely night and day. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, I'd like to see Sunday is. Uh, I'd like to see young Dembele on the bench. And I, I I just want him to get a bit of game time and actually see, Barry, is this hype about him when he was younger good enough, do you know what I mean? And have Celtic kind of missed the ball in with all these empty promises, you know? Well, you know, I'll be interesting, Paul, because like, like if, if the three of us are kind of correct in terms of are starting a revenge if it's not too, then you've got a hell of a lot of experience mm-hmm. on the bench as well you know you've got guys like Maeda that could, that could come in there and play the wing uh, as, as well as a few others um, with regards to Dembele will he get much game time between now and the end of the season I don't know it remains to be seen I think if, if Ange believes that he's good enough and he believes he can make a contribution I don't think he'll be you know he'll shy away from throwing him in there but uh, you know we'll have got that squad now whereby but will he actually get a spot? Exactly, that's it. He was, in, he was, yeah. in, he was injured as well, Paul. You've got to yeah. take that. He's got, he's got to take that into consideration. Do you know what I mean? Because Can't I thought, oh, 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 you, oh, you never, get, you never gave me a eye. You never gave me game for them. We've spoke about it, Paul. Lennon promised him game time. Now, I, I can see why Lennon didn't give him game time, as I said. To Barry maybe back me up on this. I don't know if he's heard me saying it. He thought the way the team was struggling last year, it could have killed Dembele's confidence 
Lennon's throwing that pressure on him as if right, you're the our kind of saviour to this season kind of idea. So I can understand why Lennon did break the promises to that extent, putting that pressure yeah. on a young player. Mark, you know what? It'd be completely unfair to throw at a player like yeah. Dembele into a situation like last season where the team were really struggling. You know, I think it's kind of knowledge with any sort of young kid. The best time to do it is when the team are performing well. Aye, that's when aye. you try and blood these guys in and give them an experience and an opportunity. And that's what we've seen on the ice, yeah. Barry. Have we? Fairness, like we have, like you know what I mean. Well, so well, injuries may be affected, that. You know, but I've also read, that there doesn't seem to be uh, a lot of a lot of interest. I, I read an interesting report here and on about him that like, there's a few sites here we have in team like that that you read about and. Fellas, a lot of a lot of agents saying that there's there hasn't been interest because he hasn't really broken into any first team yet, and people actually don't know if he's if 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 they'd be taking a risk on him. Like you know what I mean? Like they've only seen these clips that we had in YouTube or well, of these uh, games and stuff like that. Match, you get me? Well, Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I did watch that game. I finished 0 0. 
it was a really bad challenge and it's kept him out for, you know, a good six, six to nine months, I would say. Um, but, you know, like, like kind of like Matt says, you're kind of hoping that he does enough between now and the end of the season for, for them to sit down and say, listen, things didn't go to plan this year due to your injury. Let's give you another year and let's see if we can, you know, promote you. <laughs> but then, then it's down to Dembele as well. He's going to need to step up to the mm-hmm. plate because, like we've said, there's a lot of talent now in the Celtic squad. You know, and there's a lot of young wingers. You know, you've got Doke, you've got Moffat, you've got like you've got to throw a bad in there because a bad is the same age, just about. Yeah, exactly. Bell. So, yeah, so exactly. It, it, there's an onus on the player as well to really step up. And let's hope for everything because if he does, then he's going to benefit, and the club are going to benefit as well. I suppose too, Mark. I mean, just so, just put Barry Cedar before you start in the next bit. Yeah, yeah. Paul. I mean, no, I'm still on Dan Bennett. Right. Well, remember saying right, show us what we can do. Right, there's people behind the scenes that have raved about this lad for years. Any yeah. age. So we know that he's got, well, if he's progressed the way with everybody, even scouts, coaches, and everything, raved about him, kind of thing. So we know that there's a player in there. So as Barry saying, give him a year to, just, as he says, everything didn't go to plan last year, so he's another year of your career, see how it goes. And even if it doesn't work out at Celtic, I guarantee you'll leave Celtic a better player. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that, that's my thing. Like I, you know, I said, Mark at the start of the season when he was getting a run of games in pre-season, new manager and time like that, Dembele himself probably thought he couldn't press Ange and then, like Barry said there, they got that horrific tackle that maybe Dembele himself, like, but I think, Mark, looking now, it, it's fairly unlikely that he'd sign uh, a new contract, I say, you know? I don't know, Paul, I'd, just put, I'd probably just put that at 50-50. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like you, you kind of mentioned, Matt, you know, and yourself, Paul. The fact that he's been out for the last six, eight months, I'm not sure what it is, that might mean that there, there isn't as much interest as there potentially could have been in him. And yeah. like you say, that, that could work in Celtic's favour. It could benefit Celtic in the sense that, you know, we've got a bit of negotiating to work there where we can say, well, listen, you know, like kind of what I said a minute ago, okay, it's not worked out for you this season, but let's give you another year and see if you can kick on from there. But yeah, like, like that, his injury might be that there's no hell of a lot of teams lining up for him because mm-hmm. he's maybe not made the progress that he's expected to. Yeah, because I think that was, um, that's what the kind of agents were kind of saying, Barry, I mean, that they haven't really seen him play in, in competitive games for Celtic and that was the kind of main reason at the moment that there doesn't seem to be a lot of interest and I wouldn't like him to see go down to a lower club Barry down, down thing or, or championship thing that where Celtic are a bigger club and he maybe will get a better opportunity do you know what I mean you know look, you look at Edward now and Edward can't even get in that Crystal Palace team I mean that move was slowly down to money yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it often happens, Paul. Some people, yeah. uh, I know it's an old saying, but the grass isn't always greener. You know, like you see how many players have, and they've admitted it in their own interviews, how many players have left the football club and gone on and maybe their careers haven't taken off as much as they'd wanted to. And then when years down the line, they always come back and say, you know what, I regretted leaving Celtic, I should never have done it. You know, there, there's so many examples of that. So let's hope that this isn't the case. Let's hope that between now and the end of the season, young Dembele can force his way even in uh, a few appearances and look to see where we take it from there. The, the current um, I think the, I think, the, I think the fact that he's on the bench is going to show that he will get some yeah. time, Barry. I do think he'll get some yeah. time. Is again Yeah, and, and you know what? He's, he's obviously earned that spot on the bench. Andrew isn't just going to put you on the bench if you don't deserve it. 
and that because... gives me a bit of confidence that he's clearly doing something right in training. He's clearly showing a good attitude. He's stepping up in training. Because like I say, I don't believe that Ange would just give you a spot on the bench if you didn't deserve it. And the fact that he is on the bench would tell me that he must be doing something right just now. Yeah, the car, if you're 3-0, sorry, Paul. Right. If, you're, if you're like 3-0 up my game of that, throw a bone to say, look, put their shoes where you can do, enjoy yourself and let, like, like, look, express yourself on the park, shows how good you can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like we said, that's when you want to do it. You don't want to do it when, you know, you're maybe 1-0 behind exactly. or game Exactly, exactly. It's going to be difficult for him to get game time at that point. I've said that for a while, Dave. For all Neil Lennon's faults, I can see why Lennon went back in that promise with him, Bailey. I think that could have actually wasted his career, uh, Barry. Yeah, if he, if he would have got a poor yeah. game, uh, Denmark, he would have uh, won't he? If you're throwing this young 16, 17-year-old on, expecting you to save a game for you, that's a hell of a lot of pressure on a kid. A hell of a lot of pressure. There's a young lad playing with, he, he know because I mentioned him, uh, Brian Coffrey for, for Celtic. He's, he actually signed, you know, and he's actually a Cork City player now. He's signed for Cork City for this season. Um, like, we signed players by here because we're part-time, year-on-year contracts, you know? And uh, like he's another young player who just didn't walk out at, at Celtic Barry, and he came down here for last season, and he was player of the season for Coxity. And uh, Colin Healy told him, "You oh, know, Colin Healy played for Celtic. That it was his he, it was his regret leaving Celtic so early in his career to to move to Sunderland at the time." And he said if he could, he, he would have stayed in Celtic for another season or two. But he told Coffey that signing for Cork City would actually open doors for him again in in England. You know, spend the time down in the lower leagues, get your career back in track, start playing football, scoring goals. And that seems to be working out for Coffey at the moment, you know. Look at Andy Robertson, Paul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, sell people like Andy Robertson go... Uh, they thought him he was too small. Aye, aye. Or something. Aye. Was it too small? I mean, if you think, I mean, where did he, he went to? Did he go to, was it, when he left Celtic, he went to Queen's Park, Queen's Park, was it, Barry? Yeah. Queen of the South yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Aye, but see, yeah. see if he had just said, oh, I'll just hang about at Celtic for another two years, would Andy Robertson be playing with Liverpool then? No, exactly. You know, no, I mean, I keep saying it, and Barry backs up. You need to be out there playing games in that, Barry, even if it is, like, at reserve level, rather than these bounce games, and, bounce games and friendlies and things a like lot, that. A lot of it will come down to your mental, mental strength and mentality mm-hmm. as well. Because you do, unfortunately, see a lot of players that, well, not just at silly, they get released from any club, and it takes a big dent in their confidence to think, no, nah, this isn't for me. But you get good guys like, on the other hand, you know, Andy Robertson, he thought, you know what, I do believe I'm good enough. I'm going to take the step back. I'm going to start again. And I'm going to show people. And he did look at, you know, Queen's Park to then Dundee United, down to Hull, Liverpool. He's really took a different route. And like I said, a lot of that comes down to his mental strength and his attitude. And, 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 a, and a bit of luck. Isn't it really, Barry? It's a big, a big bit of luck as well. To make, to, make well, the right, to make the right choices at the right time to progress your career rather than just stagnate and get a, or you might get an extra £500 or £5,000 in your wages, but is your career actually going anywhere? Are you actually becoming a better player and going to move on for that extra £5,000 a week? Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. what uh, Healy said to Coffee as well, Mark. Like, oh, take the step down. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
You know what? A bit closer it's, to home. Look at, the, look the, at Matt the O'Reilly. Oh, course, Steve. Matt O'Reilly. Look at you. Yeah, exactly, Barry. But he done. He had an opportunity to stay at Fulham. But he thought, no, you know what? He, he, he came away. Less money. I know he was, was without a club for about six months. Less money. Signed on at, at uh, MK Dons because he wanted to play first team football. Exactly. And, and now he's got his move to sell. So it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another thing, Barry, I wanted to ask you, and, and it spoke to Marcus, spoke to Terence, I think, like, but the goalkeeping situations, Barry, like, ha, has Dan actually any confidence in Bain Barkas that he's not even get, giving them a game time in cup games? And, like, he made so changes to this game today and didn't play Barkas or Bain in goal. No? I mean, with regards to. Co- you know what, Paul? It all depends on what a manager's preference. You know, okay, some managers do decide. Well, you know, I'm going to play my, my backup goalie in the in the cup competitions. They've done it in the English Premiership. They've they done do it in Latin Spain. Done it in Scott, you know, but some managers just might think, no, you know what? If my keeper's fit, he's going to play every game. Mm-hmm. And it could be something as simple as that. With you know, it's a strange one because I think just before the. Christmas there, wasn't it? Or Boxing Day, sorry. It was Barkas played against St. Johnson. Mm-hmm. We were all a bit uh, surprised no, to see him. He was, close to, he was close to going out the door, wasn't he, in January? Mm-hmm. So with regards to Barkas, I don't believe that he has a future at the club. Um, Bain, you know, I think he signed a new contract, so it might be that he is going to be the backup goalkeeper. But with regards to him not getting game time in cup competitions or European... That doesn't. You know, I don't think that reflects on what Ange thinks of him as a goalkeeper. I think that's more just that Ange's preferences. If Joe Hart's fit, he plays every game. I think Young Toby will be head of Bay next season. I'd like to think that. Yeah. I, you know what, out of everything, he'd be the one that I would like to think. Well, I think Joe Hart's got another at least two years at the club. I think there's a. I think you're I think you're breeding him, Barry, to because he's training now with Woods and Hart. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, because the, the other options, Paul, you know, you've got, I think, you know, Hazard, I think he's still at the club, he's out on loan at the minute, Barkas, Bain, none of them really fill me or, or no. strike me as a future number one or, or someone that's going to take over from Joe Hart. The young guy, uh, Toby, I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname, we'll go with Toby. Olawobi. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm actually one. getting good at my pronunciation, yeah, very nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he's the one that they certainly have high hopes for. I need to hold my hands up and say I've never seen him, but you know, you've got to sort of trust uh, if it's Ange that holds out the hope for him, you've got to trust your manager. Well, he's under uh, uh, like like 17, he uh, he's uh, under 18, he's uh, England international. Yeah, it looks like a well-planned coach, Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Aberdeen, Aberdeen tried to inquire about him, didn't mm-hmm. they? And they got rid of uh, Stephen Glass. They made inquiries, but were quickly thrown we, out. So we caught, we caught that one, Barry, didn't we? Months ago, with Stephen Glass, that was not going to work out. No, yeah. We, yeah. You know, I, I think... Uh, I just, think a, just as a side note as well, Paul, this is, it's a year ago the day for I registered my YouTube stuff in that. Today is it? Aye, twenty fourth of February. 
this is uh, we no, we didn't do a podcast, but for a start I actually setting it up on YouTube and that. That's a year ago today we actually got serious about doing this, but Jesus I sent him a kid, Paul, with uh, Barry with a wee heart and that, but I get nothing you back. No, no, man. He's been feeding his face with donuts all day. Yeah, it's, it's a big uh, it's a big thing in Poland. It's like Pancake Tuesday over here. It's like it's called Fat Thursday. You buy yourself fat donuts. Fat Thursday. You know, so eat stuffing myself with donuts. Uh, oh, yeah. Back to the game, Barry, look, it's it's a vantage. Just now, uh, this weekend, last weekend, we saw Rangers had the other kick-off and they drew one all. Like, and it gave Celtic that extra bit of uh, incentive to, to win the game. It's vitally important that Celtic keep up the pressure and put because I'm a big believer that we're seeing Rangers crumble under the pressure with Celtic at the moment. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the first time, Paul, but you, you know, so I, I think, I don't know how everybody else, I guess every individual supporter differently. I think now, since that we have kind of taken that lead, since we got that one point ahead of them, uh-huh. I stopped looking at their results and I'm just focused no, on, 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 on ours. Yeah, on ours, yeah. It was the same, uh, I was travelling through to the game, I travelled through with a pal of mine and my son to the game on Sunday there. And he was constantly at his phone. I'm like, look, did not bother about it? Oh, it's 1-0 United. And this, and I, I really wasn't... We're now in the driving seat and it's about what Celtic do. And that's what... You're absolutely right. There's no doubt about it. Because we, we've got our noses in front, they're the ones that are looking at us and they're looking at our results. So they'll be looking and hoping that something happens in their favour on uh, Sunday Easter Road. But all we have to do is keep one game at a time. We, we've, got, we've got Hibs on Sunday. We get that game. I'm not too concerned about the fact that it puts pressure on them. It just means to me there's another three points. That's, that's, that's another, yeah. another step forward to the title, Barry. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all I'm, I'm, I totally agree with you. I, keep, I haven't won about all the time in the forum. Many Celtic fans they seem to spend their life worrying about what's going on at Ibrox and what Rangers are doing and things like that. Oh, really, but see, unless we're actually playing them or it's some big news, she's the rest of the nonsense. I, I can't be arsed with it, Barry. I've told that. I've seen that to Paul as well. I've never, I've never in my life uh, watched a Rangers game, Bar Stedkin Rangers Bar. Never in my life. Refuse to watch them. You know, so I, I don't, you know, so I, listen, some people maybe do. I stick them on a Padre or something, you know. I stick them on a Tesco stream on my laptop. I never watched like a Rangers game on the telly sitting with my wife or that. It's just, mm-hmm. I'll stick a wee, I'll tell you that, Paul, I'll maybe watch a stream it and see how it's going because. Yeah, but you have to because I, I keep a lot of the light chat thing. I was only earlier on Paul and they were saying they're expecting a cheeky bid for for Brian Kent in the summer. But that's, that's another story. That's, that's, that was on the light sure, chat. The, the minute, the chat, the minute I, I found it funny, like the minute the, the window closed, the, there's another team that came in for a 30 million bid for Morales. Do you know what I mean? That was refused. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know? I we, we get rid of Ball and Golly yesterday. Nearly a month after the window shut and nobody's come in for any of their players for them. Can I ask you how that happened? Like, if, if, if the it, window is open in another, t- in another country, they can still buy players off you, yeah? They can still buy yeah. players in, but they can't sell players out. Ah, uh-huh. oh, I get you. That's what it is. It's like, maybe you've got that kind of hour to kill between the English market shutting and your window, your window shutting. England can't sign players in that hour, but we can sign like, players that are in their squads. That's why they have got some players who are the kind of 
He's inside hang on loan late on in the window. I think look, I think we all kinda of expected Barry that bottom goal he's Celtic Cray was was finished. I think like it's only a loan deal the end of the season, but he's another player that's going to be sold at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't, his, his Celtic career was over a long time ago. For, for me, regardless uh, the, the the stuff he was caught up in in terms of the COVID and that, he was never at the level required no. for me, to be perfectly honest with you. So the only thing surprising to me is he's not actually been moved on permanently, but uh-huh. there's, there's possibly a number of reasons for that. Could be financial, could be that there's not a great deal of interest, but he, he is one that he doesn't have a Celtic future as far as I'm concerned. I think he'll go in the summer. Mm-hmm. I look into that. Um, I suppose other things back, looking at the squad now you have and stuff like that, it, the, the, is the left-hand side, Barry, still a main issue for, for Ange? I think, you know, I, I think uh, it's a difficult, because we, we've spoke about, you know, Taylor and Taylor's progression, and yeah, okay, he didn't do sell too many favours last week. But like Mark said at the start of the programme, anybody can have a bad game. Let's look at his whole as a whole. But I thought he's improved immensely under Ange, and I gave him credit to him. Yeah. If you were to push me on, and you gave him, you gave him pelters, Paul, at the beginning of the season. It'd be fair yeah. as well. So that's fair. I did, you, bud. I did like I, I told him after he hasn't uh, been getting the, into things. But what I I did a bit of thing like. He he has been adjusting to Ange's system, you know. Yeah, I, I would think like, like on on your question, but if you were to push me on, where do you think we could be stronger? I would have to say I do believe we could have be stronger in the left back position. I, I really do. You know, Scales and Taylor are the two options there. If you take Juranovic out of there, and you know, for me, they, they were, they're probably I'm not they're not bad players, not not by any stretch of the imagination, but. I do believe we could get better. I, I, mm-hmm. I do believe that. And what about Julian, Barry? Or Sir Thompson Julian going forward? I, Is he better than what we have now between? Because I still think when when Starfield and Vickers played together, they're our best partnership. There's no two- doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And you know something? I, I, I would just love, I would love to hear that the club have made... Uh, uh, which is name Carter Vickers permanent because for me he he's going he's massive for mm-hmm. uh, if you take Carter Vickers out of that centre half we 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 struggle we look very yeah because I thought I thought we looked uh, I was always saying like if start if, if Welch is playing Welch has to play with Vickers and if Vickers is playing Vickers has to play with uh, with Starfield do you know what I mean it, it, it's either one of them with Cameron Vickers yeah, don't want I, I, I would say that I mean I know there's been a lot of you know, fans sort of trying, especially when we're losing goals at set pieces. You know, get Julian back in there. He's height, this, that, and this thing. But I think what some people forget is Julian was as culpable as anybody for set pieces again. Uh-huh. You know, he was never one to really mix it with physical strikers. I, I, so, I said that the other night, Bar, uh, Barry as well. People are going on about bringing Julian back into the team. It's just if they're expecting to come back with the manager Vidic. Yeah. A big mm-hmm. powerful, you know, so powerful ball winning centre half. That was not Julian, because they gave him yeah, pellets of being a bit of a pussy, to be honest. 
I mean, look what, you know, he, he never liked playing against Lyndon Dykes, did he? he no, that was the name we mentioned, wasn't it, Paul? Yeah, Lyndon Dykes struggling against Lyndon You know what, there's, a sort of, there's an old saying, isn't there? Players become become better players when they're out for a period of time. And I think that, 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 that that's a true saying, isn't it? You, you sometimes forget, actually, we're they as good as this. You know, when you're going through a, maybe a tough time or you're losing set-piece goals, all of a sudden, Julian's your saviour, and he's the way. Listen, I'm not, I'm not flying Julian off. People are forgetting too, Barry, like that. Like they want Julian to come straight into the team. Like they're looking like, like myself and Mark was saying it. Like how actually fit is Julian after this long well, injury I mean, that he had? Do you know what I mean? What, what I'll need to remember, he's been out for fourteen yeah. months. It's not just like six weeks. The guy's been out for fourteen months. So, mm-hmm. you know. We'll play between now and the end of the season. I don't there's any doubt about it. I mean, he might be forty, you know, if we pick up injuries, etc. But uh, you know, in terms of throwing him right in there, not for me. For me, I agree with you, Paul. I think our our best partnership is Starfield and Carter Vickers. Because mm-hmm. I went, Mark, beating and Starfield right at the start of the season when people were, were screaming for him. His heading race was seventy one percent accuracy of winning the ball, and it's now at ninety four percent. When in the head of jewels, I mean, so like if you're looking at improvement, like that's a heck of improvement of of for a defender to be winning individual jewels. Like Starfield has improved, there's no doubt about it. I mean, in shaky moments in the earlier on the season in that poem, just it's the same. Nobody's going to play a ten out of ten game every week. That's the thing. No. You can't. And he's always rolled it seven. Concentrate. Aye, I mean, Mikey. I'm sure it was Mikey. We know about he was. Well, he was one of the, I know the best defender, like, statistics not again, Paul. He was, if, if he wasn't the best, he was one of the best in Russia, the Russian league the year before, sir. It was just a case of kind of him finding his feet and Celtic find the best way they could play. I, they'll still have sticky moments, Paul, because see, see if defenders didn't have sticky moments, they wouldn't be at Celtic. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And uh, do you know what, do you know, do you know what always surprises me is, Mark was on the ball as well to me, Barry, that a lack of goals from set pieces. And I was looking through the internet today to actually find it, and I actually couldn't find it when I think it was Julian uh, 14 months ago before he got injured, I think, or Welch when he, in, in a European game or something like that. But uh-huh. we don't score from set pieces, like, you know. You know, you know something, Paul, it's funny because I have these conversations with other self supporter friends of mine. It's it's not only that we don't score from sentences, we never get our head to any of no. the pieces. I, I it doesn't actually surprise me that that we take a lot of short corners. Because any time we put crosses in the box from a set piece, very rarely do any of our attacking players, whether that be forwards or, or, or centre halves, get their head on the ball. Uh, as a rarity, so I can understand why we look to take a lot of short corners and try to drag the opposition defence out because we are very sort of poor. I mean, in terms of delivery, I think we've got some good delivery. Yeah, well, O'Reilly is one defence. Juranovic, Abada, McGregor, they could all put, deliver a good set piece, but our success rate, even getting on the end of them, never mind scoring, is very, very poor. Mark, you know what I found interesting in tonight's game as well is for the set pieces. Uh, it was actually scales staying back in 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 the back line that he wasn't up for, and we were saying like that's the reason we should oh, have scales in his the height. And, and he was actually the one staying back, and it was actually Radisson pushing up. So 
Al Lansing was pushing up and, and, and Scales was the one staying back then with a with with, with beat on. Do you know what I mean? And I found that very very strange decision, like you know what I mean? There's a lot of strange stuff that that as does and there, there really is when you break it down like that, Paul. You know, if you think for common sense, you're going to have your muscle centre half up in the box that's, for it. That's the one thing I actually looked uh, for for tonight when we, we had a uh, monster pieces and really crossed in the bar. I was actually looking to well, see if scales pushed up, and he was the one staying back, Barry. Well, Barry, see when you were playing, how did you work set pieces for like attacking set pieces? Were you told? Did, did the manager tell you what to do? How to do? Yeah, like, yeah. Like who went up and who yeah. went back, Barry, yeah. and stuff. So, so basically, in terms of attacking set pieces, you'd have four four players attacking the ball. You'd have second runner, third runner, and one going sweeping around the back for anything that got overhit. That was the way we'd done it. And it's all about sort of movement and trying to, uh, you know, lose your opponent. But, but yeah, it was very well drilled. And it used to be practised. used to practise them on the training ground, you know, relentlessly. It, it, but that's what I'm looking about. Are we actually practicing stuff like that in our training well, grounds? You know what, I mean? what I don't know, Paul, is you know, are we practicing defending set pieces? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't look like we do. It doesn't look like we do. But um, you know, I, I don't know what goes on in our training ground. But I because Ted puts you on your point where we're very poor at both ends when it comes to set pieces, either in an attacking sense or a defensive sense. Yeah, I had, I had it in my head, by it maybe just to play, see attacking free kicks, all the wee daft set pieces we've seen. I, I used to think, well, like, players just worked on them themselves. But you actually learned that kind of idea. Oh, no, we, we well, I can only speak for, for when I played. And like I say, it was it tended to obviously you're bigger players. And like I say, there was always four attack in the ball. You'd maybe have two on the edge of the box. You'd have one at the front post. Mm-hmm. But your actual sort of big physical players, you had four of them all attack in the ball. Like I say, a first runner, second runner, third runner, and one sweeping round the back. That's the way we used to do it all the time. Uh, but like I say, that was a long time ago. Maybe modern day football, they, they didn't practice that. You know, they just try and. I don't know, but that's what I thought, Barry. Honestly, I thought maybe I'm, I'm thinking the, the def- uh, defending set pieces. This is right. The, the coaches get worked, and this is what they want you do. Blah blah blah. But maybe offensively, I thought maybe the players just worked on it ourselves. Or like you give me this wee fancy flick, and I'll try this shot kind of thing. Because Mark, uh, I remember one one match, and it was actually Terrors that pointed out to us that. Uh, Greg Taylor was 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 marking the biggest player on the pitch. Do each do each now. You know, Mark. Oh, sorry, Paul. That's do each with him with Dortmund now. You know that. Remember, Terence pointed out to us that for for one of our corners that it was uh, Greg Taylor. That uh, I'm saying Greg now, just in case he. Uh, <laughs> but he was actually marking the biggest player on the pitch. Ah, <laughs> that, that's that, what I. Some you know, well, like, it's just it seems. It's like I can see him as well. Just up to what, okay, what, what, what we seem to be doing, like it seems you know? to be. It, it just some see some of the things I think about football, Paul. I think, I think it seems to be a bit old-fashioned putting players on the post. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's, well, that's it, common sense. You have a player on a post that it seems feet. to be gone, Barry. Don't they? Did, 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 did they ever yeah. play on the post? Yeah. Well, you know something they do it. I'm pretty sure they do it. Um, but, but we don't we don't have players on the post. I don't know why I quite like players on the post. Again, it might be an old fashioning. But going back to your point, Paul, 
at Pitodre, we lost two goals to set pieces, right? And mm-hmm. I had a proper good look at that. And I don't know if this is the one Terms was speaking about. It might be. Greg, Greg Taylor was marking Lewis Ferguson when he scored the equaliser. If you go back to the first goal, it's the guy Christian Ramirez. Before he runs off, the person that was picking him up was Rio Hatate. Mm-hmm. That defies logic for me because, I mean, okay... Maybe Ferguson's not the tallest, but he's certainly the biggest threat in the air. I don't know, maybe five foot ten, yeah, yeah. but he's very, very good in the air. Why would you have Greg Taylor marking him? Again, with Ramirez. Ramirez is good in the air, but Ramirez is tall. He must be at least six one, six two. Why are you having Hatate marking him? What is he, mm-hmm. five eight, five seven? It, does, yeah. it defies logic for me. I just don't get it. It's something that I'd love maybe Yang to come out. Or a I remember, like, by, going back to what, what you were saying, like, there, like, when I used to play in goal, like, I used to tell my defenders who to, who to mark. Do you know what I mean? I, I used uh, to tell them, like, you would never tell him, Barry, you've seen the size of him, boy. The big, the big berserker. Like I was known as, uh, I, I was, I, I was known as the, the, the fellow, the mean machine. <laughs> the, the mad monk. That's what I was known at and gone by that. But you know something? No, that, that, see, I, again, I can only speak about hours uh, when I played. You, you got, you got told to pick up before a ball was kicked. You got yeah. your team lines in, right? Okay, you but take the players the know themselves as well, Barry. Do you know what I mean? The players well, know themselves. Yeah. When, you know? when I played, when I played that game, I played at Parkhead. I was told to pick up Big Bobo. That was me. You, you, pick, you don't let him score, and another. So there you and go. Well, you teeth in your head then, Barry, that time, Bobo's gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus, that's some player. That's some player to be marking by. Like, what I was going to do to him the other way, but I'll tell you that. But age was he then, Barry? Uh, I would have been 20, 21. No, I mean that that must have been a bit frightening, really. To be honest, mate. How big is that? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Here, I'll tell you a story, Paul. I don't know if I've said it before. Right, I used to work with an old welder, and his nephew yeah. signed. I'm not going to say their name because he can probably track down who the young lad is, right? But I did. I, we get talking one day and it turned out he's a nephew signed for Celtic with like old fashioned S forums or whatever it was at the time, Barry. And he'd done his medical with Big Bobo. And this wee white guy for Coat Bridge was standing there bare butt naked next to a big bare butt naked Bobo. <laughs> and he was totally, totally didn't know, terrified with the size of him. Is he actually huge, Barry? Was he? Oh, well, you know something, it was, quite, it was quite funny because. Believe it or not, out of the centre half that night, Bobo would have been the smallest. Believe it or not, because they had they had Johan Mial and yeah. Harren, who were probably about an inch or two slightly bigger than Bobo. But um, yeah, you know what? It's just one of these things. I think I, I'm, I'm about six two myself. Oh, I... so you know, you, you just got to pick up. That was who you're t- some but some like, some like back like line there, right back in the day, wasn't this? Me and oh, Van Harren and Bordeaux, wasn't this? You know, I think it was. Is it Paul Lambert that used to say we used to win matches in the tunnel because they just used to look over and they'd see Sutton, Hartson, Baldy, Rab Douglas, Valharan, you know, Stan Vargat. You know, these were all guys that were six foot four. Yeah. They were just so intimidating. That I think I'm sure it was Paul Lambert that said it. Says we used to win games in the tunnel. He says we used to see the opposition looking over. We knew the game was done before. You don't see teams like that now, Barry, in the modern football. So you don't. You don't see the kind of physical team. You might have one or two players in it, like. But I think Bobo gets the first team. I saw the long way who were nearly over six foot, nearly every single player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, again, that could be down to modern day football. 
but it's a lot more technical than it was back then. You know, I think back then Martin O'Neill would have had a heart attack if he tried to get Bobo Baldy to play out from the back. You know, mm-hmm. his job was very simple. You win your headers, you win your tackles, you clear the ball. It's like people would say. It's like people say, "Oh, what about Martin O'Neill for like a director of football role and things like that." But, it's been on for too long. Oh, it's di- di- dinosaur material, really. To be fair to him, I mean, it's like a time and a place, isn't it, Barry? Because These the, tactics and things get outgrown over time, isn't it? Coming back into well, football. Uh, ah, it's master, uh, masters or something like that. I seen mm. it winter. Ah, it's a bit different from being a di- director of football for Celtic, but Paul. Oh, well, thanks. Oh, I know that, but I'm actually thanks to love that there, like the masters when that used to be on. Like that was seen all the like Jesus. Like we had, it was like maybe Gordon Marsh used to be in gold then, like oh, the, the masters. When well, I was growing up then, because they were getting old. Like you know, Jackie Barley used to be. He's playing made the ten sixties. Oh, yeah. You made it up, Barry. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that one, man? That was like, I think that was like your first kind of version of Masters, Paul. Wasn't it, Barry? Just like, like tennis. Tennis. Aye, a wee five-a-side pitch tournament. Right, you, could be, you could be making a comeback for Dundee, Barry. Well, you know, well, you know something? I'm, I'm trying to keep myself fit in case our phone rings. You know, we'll have to... Or the, the WWE Hall of Fame. Like, they can, they can organise uh, the Masters 7s, but they can't organise the fucking Resolve League in Scotland. Uh, Paul, Paul, see when you're talking about that, I know we came out, this came out of my head, like, stone sand in the shower the other night, something we'd been talking about, I know what came into my head. It seems to be, we, we, we spend more attention and more money on the women's football than we do like with actual young men, young... Get what I mean? I don't mean that in a sexist way or that. But we're talking about like why we've not got a reserve league in this for this kind of to help progress players. Women yeah, are never going to end up. Oh, no. No, women are never going to end up in the Celtic first team. So why are we not concentrating? I'm not mean that in against women's football. I don't like it. Fair dues, but it's very important to Celtic that we've got young players, men, young players that can play for the first team coming through, and it is women's stuff mm-hmm. in that. Mhm. I don't get you. No, the amount of all the amount of advertising they're getting. Ah, just the amount yeah, of yeah. coverage and everything. The amount of Paul, there's this woman. Right, we've got a women's league. Right, fair dues, but why have we no get this reserve league for young young players that are going to progress? Have we've you? We've we spoke about this. Yeah, we've got this Colts. We've got this We've got two Colts teams hanging about in the lower leagues of Scotland. New Hibs in that are want to get into the, these Colts team leagues as well. But why not just start a Colts league? Because uh, it's interesting, Barry, right? Aberdeen, Hibbs, and uh, when Yoris was on the podcast, he was saying like that he'd like Dundee nice and now to start doing as well, like because they bring a lot of young players out to their team as well, like like that. Like, what do they do? The, the Scottish FA, like if Hibbs, Aberdeen next season they want to start up their course team, are they going to try to put them down to the Lowland leagues, like? The Lola leagues will only take so much of these Colts teams coming into the league. Because then it's just going to become a Colts league anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's going to take the whole name and and effect of of the Lola leagues, Mark, for those teams that want to play football. Do you know what I mean? Uh, That just seems to... I mean, as I say, I'm not meaning against so much football and that. That's what you're into fair dues, but... No, because nothing... Put the the, initiative on... See the pink kind of initiative and the work they're putting into the, the women's team, why not put the same kind of effort into like, our youth teams for the league and stuff like that? Nothing has come out about it, like, 
uh, an extended at Macro. Well, does that yeah, just that does that make sense? I'm not being wanting to wonder yeah, yeah. that the way no, you're saying you, that. You, no. you, know, so, you know something as well, man. I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, you know, we're all sort of fanatical Celtic supporters, but I remember back in the days of Sepanta, and I, I, I'm not going off on a tangent here, but every Monday you used to get the youth game on Celtic TV. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I'd yeah. watch it religiously every single game. I wanted to see what the youth team were doing. I wanted to see what players were impressing. I wanted to see the progression. As the games went on, I loved it. I religiously watched it. But now, like in you, you're saying, "Man, you on a Monday or a Sunday, you're, you're getting to get in the." I mean, I think you guys know my thoughts on women's football, but you're getting these games promoted on Sky. For me personally, I mean, listen, we know how what the regard that Sky holds uh, Scottish football in, but you know, I'd rather see a Celtic youth team or the Colts team. The be- I'd watch them. See, see if the, the, it was promoted on a platform that the Colts team. I'd watch that every week. And I know a lot of Celtic fans would be the same. I want to know how the coaches are doing. I want to know how, uh, how these players are progressing and you know who we've got our eye on and who, who we see progressing the first team next season or within the next six months or what have you. I, 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 like I say, going back years and years ago, I used to watch every single youth game because they showed it on Celtic TV. Because I remember we used to be watching... The, he's, he's, he's passed away now. Like I remember watching Liam Miller in the youth leagues coming through the Celtic team barrier on the on the team yeah. that you're just saying there like and even even like on on Twitter mark and stuff like that you see very little from the the Celtic cause team as well only on match day and that's this do you know what I mean uh, it really is it's, I mean we've all got this politically politically correct stuff in that poll which is fair dues but why are we We've got a women's league, so why have we not got a league that our young players can play in? That's more important, Paul, the progression of what Celtic is, which is a, like the man's team for winning leagues in European and football and stuff like that. For me, it's not right. Because you're going to be back to square one. At the end of the season, Mark, unless there is discussions being taking place at the moment, like, you know, what's going to be happening? Because this is only a year experiment, Barry, isn't it? To see how it goes. Is that, is that what it is? Is it just... Yeah. Aye, Barry, that's it. That. Something's going on in the background then, because there's no, there's absolutely no point in being back to, to square one after a year. Surely some constructive talks have taken place or something uh, with, with a view and a vision to take in the youth and the Colts forward. You, you like, don't think like like we, we could see the benefits already this season uh, with that because with the injuries we had, like we saw young old Moffat getting game time, uh, young Joey Dawson had to come in there, Barry, into into a match. Uh, they've had a dunk, Ben Dunk came in. Like if if we didn't have a Colts league, like these players would be match face and they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even have a chance to other days, days playing daft bounce games and friendlies and that and that's your Barry will say as well they're only going to get better Barry playing hard games even taking getting yeah. a wee bit of kicking in the park and knowing what it's going to be like being a professional player playing bounce games and friendlies is going to get you nowhere you need to be playing competitive football and that's yeah. where your fitness and everything you're, you're like all due respect, playing friendlies and bounce games, there's never the intensity and you know that's in the, the, the same level there is when the game's competitive. And that's how you know I think because the I'm nothing at all at stake, but no. even even I, three points in a reserve league's better than a bounce game where nothing means anything. Yeah, 
Well, mm-hmm. that's, and, and you know something I think I said on my very first pod, I, I, I see the benefit of players going out on loan and, mm-hmm. and getting competitive football. Definitely. You know, rather, rather than playing in bounce games or, or what have you, you're actually better to go and play for a team, play for an, an, an Airdrie or a Queen's Park or, you know, if you want to step up a level, you know, an, an Inverness or Hamilton, something like that. Going and experience competitive football is invaluable for these young guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it for tonight, lads. Uh, thanks to, to Barry for joining us on short notice tonight. Thanks to the lads in the, the live chat. When I say short notice, like I think it was about 10 minutes before the game finished, I said that's when I text him. <laughs> well, you know something as well. I he's talking what? He's still talking what? I was supposed to be on till half 10 tonight, but I was quiet enough that I managed to get away, so. That's the dedication I put in turning up for a pod. You do, Barry. Thanks very much for coming on, Barry. Here, here, here. No worries at all, guys. Pleasure as always. Uh, Mark, we close the shot. Well, just both well, thanks to you, Paul, again for everything, and Barry for coming on, and all the lads that joined us in the live chat for the game and came out and listened to his own YouTube. Thanks very much again. Remember, if you're not subscribed, please do it. Hit the like button, and if you know how, please leave a comment because it helps your channel grow on YouTube. Kill here, lads. Good night and God bless. This episode of the Boz and Bovel podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.